Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not all there. Really, I'm not. At all. It's true. It's very true. All of it. The Jedi, the Sith, the Force, me not being there, it's all true. I mean, I'm Alex. (laughs) And this week, we're talking about Mission, colon, Impossible... For Dash Ghost Protocol. Did I get that the right? The Fourthening. The Fourthening. <laughs> the Fourth Awakens. <laughs> the Fourth Awakens. There you go. That's pretty good. Um, so yeah, we're talking about another good movie. And we'll keep it going for the next couple of weeks. Or at least no. the next week. Rogue Nation. Most hated movie of 20 whenever it came out. That's a lie. And you don't <laughs> even know when it came out. It's probably... Is it 2016? 2015. So we can make a fan stick joke, or we can make a, a Force Awakens joke about how people retroactively hate that movie ah. now. Take your pick. Any, were there any other real real stinkers that came up that year? Terminator Genesis. Oh, that'd qualify. <laughs> yeah. So Mission Impossible <laughs> anyway. Ghost Protocol, directed by Brad Bird from 2011. It has a 93% critic score on Rotten okay. Tomatoes and a 76% audience score. Mm-hmm. Tyler, did you like this more than three? And then lead that into your best thing and your worst thing. I'm going to say no. Oh, my um, God. Not that I hated it. I just, I, I like Because you did. I liked three. That's, well, yeah, sure. The, there are two extremes. Um, I like I liked three quite a bit. And that's my review of Mission Impossible 4. Uh, so, my um, my best thing... The whole time I was watching it, I was just going, yeah, this is nice, but three. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that about an Orsi and Kurtzman written movie, you know? but there you go. You know. um, or a J.J. Abrams written movie, that hack. Oh, uh, my God. So, uh, my best thing about this movie is uh, Jeremy Winner. Jeremy Winner. Jeremy Renner as <laughs> William Brent. There's a lot of words going on here, okay? We're flat, fl- flowing fast, you know? Gotta, gotta just roll with the punches. Um, Continue. So, <laughs> uh, no, he is... Uh, I feel, and I, I I think this probably plays in line with a lot of people's sort of perceptions and what they remember about this movie. I feel like he is... When the when the movie works... I mean, the movie never really doesn't work, but when the movie really works, I think it's because he's involved and it's, you know, he's involved in kind of the emotional stakes in the movie um he's involved in the the actual action and, and kind of the banter with the team and, and becoming part of the team um all of that all of that plays really well and he he does a great job great performance from him um overall just enjoy enjoy him and i think he embodies what i like about this movie i need to ask because I, i've talked about this and you know in some of the the past mission impossible episodes mm-hmm. um so the the studio wasn't very confident in this movie, and they weren't sure that Tom Cruise could lead it, um, especially after three, you know, critically decently received, but it, it did not do well financially because it was following his kind of public, uh, I don't know, his his running with the media in terms of him freaking out about uh, marrying Katie Holmes with Oprah and all the Scientology stuff, I think, mm-hmm. started pouring out around that time. So basically his public image was not doing very well. So I think Paramount was very um, 
hesitant about, you know, keeping him at the forefront of this franchise. Um, So Jeremy Renner was kind of a potential person who could take over from Tom Cruise, which is just, it's so bizarre looking at this. And then the very next summer, The Bourne Legacy came out, which is them attempting to pass pass another popular spy movie franchise over to Jeremy Renner, and that one didn't work well for Jeremy Renner either. Yeah. Which is funny, because I actually like Bourne Legacy quite sure, a bit. Sure, sure. That is um, I think I'm one, of, I'm, I'm one of the few people that actually really likes Bourne Legacy. I think most people just kind of forget about it, because it's right. not Matt Damon. Um, even though that fifth Bourne movie is, is pretty bad. But anyways... Um, so yeah, do you think Jeremy Renner could have carried this franchise forward if, if they had decided that Tom Cruise was no longer the person that they wanted to be in front of or or to lead the franchise? Uh, I would say, I don't know. That's a tough one. I kind of feel like it works better as the, the, the side role in this movie. Um, yep. Although I don't love Tom Cruise in this movie. Um, in terms of his his performance, uh, which is weird because I don't know that we've had another f- another franchise in which the actor's performance has been this inconsistent across movies. Mm-hmm. It just does not feel like the same character um, in a lot of them, and this this one I feel like is it, it's not completely off. But I I think the biggest problem with this that I have as far as Tom Cruise goes is that we don't get in his head very much. Uh, yeah, we we don't. There, there's there's what could be a really strong emotional arc and it and it's there but it's not i i don't know it's kind of played as a mystery until the end um with with tom cruise's wife supposedly having been killed as we find out like partway through the movie and then as we go along we realize oh it was actually a cover-up and yeah she's fine um and so that's a really that's a that's an interesting mystery element to it but i i don't know that it allows us to really get behind Tom Cruise the way we did in the third one, uh, or even in the first one to some extent. Like the first and third feel very much like the same character. Um, the yeah. second film is just a different franchise, and then <laughs> this one kind of—he's just very subdued. And it—I it, it almost want to say phoning it in, like it's—it's it's, that's not right. Like it's not—that's—that's that's more negative than I want it to be. But it just doesn't—is it that he feels too calm, cool, and collected? Most yeah. of the time, there's yeah. not a sense. There, for the most part, there's not that sense of paranoia or just like concern that he always has. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I see that it, it didn't bother me at all. In that that will kind of feed into my my best thing. But you know, fair. Continue. Was um, that your worst thing? Uh, oh no no no! Because I was talking about Jeremy Renner taking over, and then we kind of yeah. got sidetracked. Uh, no, yeah. my my worst thing. I already kind of touched on this. It's just the lack of emotion. I feel I spy movies are weird. Um, I've realized very quickly as we've been reviewing these that I don't really know what I look for in these movies. Like, and maybe that's yep. just because I haven't figured it out yet. Well, spy but, movies just based off you know what the genre is about. Most of the time, they're just going to be plot driven. Yes. But I think the focus also, isn't the focus isn't normally on the characters. It's more on the story and the set pieces. Which is weird because I think that the most effective spy movies are usually, even if it's not like a full fledged emotional arc, there's usually a lot of 
it's it's a lot of exploring uh, the kind of of twisted, uh, uh, broken personalities you find in in these kind of roles. Like Casino Royale? Exactly. No, that's exactly the what best I was going to point to. Spy mo- the best movie ever made. Correct. Um, that, but that would be my exact first thing. I mean, I think of the, the original Bourne trilogy, like, I, I, I don't have, like, a ton of nostalgia for those. I haven't seen those in a long time, but... We should do those soon. We, we, this consideration. Um, but my thing is... They're not, they're not this much fun. Just, just yeah. laying that out Well, there's right that, now. but I, I remember a lot of the stuff with, like, like, I, Bourne as a character, um, is, is such an interesting, like, great role by Matt Damon, like, great performance by Matt Damon, and that's, that character really yeah. sticks to me, and there's a lot of, like, the, a lot of the stuff with, like, his love interest and everything, uh, is, is just effective and i feel like that's kind of how i feel about these where i really liked the third one because of the fact that there it, it's not necessarily like in your face but there is a strong emotional tie and you know it, there there's there's tom cruise goes through an emotional journey he he has to to face some of his fears and um uh, some of his flaws and his vulnerabilities and it, it, it turns it into a really interesting plot that, that gets me very invested in the character. Right. Um, and it's kind of an, an elevation of where he was from the first one. They, they, I feel like they, they ramp everything up in terms of turning him into more of an actual person. Uh, whereas the second one doesn't really do that. And this one I don't feel really does that either. And that's, I guess, what I'm looking for. I don't, I don't yeah. know why. I will say also um, the the I guess my my overall, if I was going to sum it up, my overall worst thing is the lack of stakes. Whether that's emotional, whether that's plot driven, like there's never a point where I feel like, oh man, they really got to get this done. Cause, like even though it's a movie about nuclear Armageddon, yeah, it never really hits a point where I'm like, man, I'm really like nervous about. Like the stakes are almost too high. Um, but then yeah. the the character it, stakes are not really tied in with the plot. Like it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just have a hard time getting behind it. The, the threat itself is very paint-by-numbers. Yes. Um, as a side note, I have... While you were talking, I was looking up... Uh, the, like, like general rankings for Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. And they are just all over the place. Well, rankings according to what? Just, like, the six movies. Just ranked. And like just like random lists that yeah, you found. Yeah, I just oh, looked. Okay. At, I looked up Mission Impossible movies ranked. I believe a lot of people consider this the best. I'm seeing it a lot in the middle. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of people put one as the best. <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah, false. Maybe not. Um, that's a lot that's of people. False. Two two is generally the the bottom one, but three is is at the bottom a lot or close to the mm-hmm. bottom a lot. It's odd. See, see, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story came out, and then everything that J.J. Abrams has ever touched apparently was just terrible from then on. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my best yeah. thing... Yeah. And, um, and I was going to say, we'll, we'll get into more of what I mean by the, the lack of stakes and how I felt. Yeah. But. Uh, my best thing is just going to be the team. Yeah. Um... I really love the dynamic between everyone. Uh, Simon Pegg continues to be really funny, and mm-hmm. they, a very smart move by bringing him up to actually be a field agent mm-hmm. instead of just being 
almost like an extended cameo in the previous film. Yes. Um, Paul Patton's great. Um, I one of my main flaws with the next couple of movies is that she's just not there, and there's no explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because this movie feels so much like they're building, like, oh, this is the team yeah. we're carrying yeah. forward, and we, then we killed off Tom Cruise's original team in the first movie, then. The second yeah. movie didn't really have a team, and then the third movie, outside of Ving, well, I guess that was Ving Rhames and other guy. Who? There are people. And but then, my my point is, yeah, I yeah, no, want, I, I, I want to yeah. see these supporting characters. I do not like the fact that they never brought up Maggie Q or Jonathan Rhys Myers, their characters. Like the fact that they're never brought up again in sequels. I'm like, okay, I don't, I I didn't care about them. Yeah. They tried to give them awkward character yeah. moments, and that they've just felt shoehorned in. Remember Billy from Mission Impossible Two, the helicopter pilot. That's Don't you I miss him? <laughs> Don't you miss him? These characters. You could, have said, they, you could have said a completely different name, and I would have Johnny. Right. Yeah, remember I, I could, Johnny, I would have been like, yeah, Australian Johnny, right. helicopter pilot. <laughs> remember Sean Ambrose? Oh wait, that was the bad guy. Anyway, helicopter pilot. <laughs> The helicopter pilot who was secretly the bad guy all along. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I really love the team dynamic, and that's why the fact that Tom Cruise's character, Ethan, the fact that he doesn't get as much character stuff in this one doesn't bother me because it feels yeah. like we're dispersing it a bit among the team. And they even have a couple of things where it's almost like fourth wall breaking or winking at the audience mm-hmm. with him going... Benji, how, why are you here? Like, he, it's almost yeah. like a very meta. Oh, this is usually the Tom Cruise show, isn't it? And now yeah. we're actually pulling in a team because, oh, hey, Mission Impossible is about a team. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> it has um, not been until this movie. Uh, yeah. Well, th- this movie almost feels like what the first one should have been, right? Yeah. Well, then that's and that's sort of my even even down to like they're very similar plot elements. And, and just in general, the it feels like this is a just blank slate, generic, not generic, but, you know, like, standard installment in something. Like, it's like, if you were watching a TV show, this would be, you know, maybe maybe towards the uh, halfway point of the season. Maybe maybe not quite to the halfway point. You're just watching, and, the, you know, it's just an episode. It's not filler. It's good. People like it. But it doesn't, you know, like... That that is to me how I feel about it. It doesn't really stand out. This movie, I is not very memorable to me. Like I remember going into this, I remember watching this a while ago, being, with you and being like, "Oh, that was pretty good." And then going into it again, I could remember hardly any of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's fair. But anyways, like like I said, they they kind of dispersed the character stuff to to both Paul Patton's yeah. character and then Jeremy Renner's character. Um. So I was I was more fine with that because the movie's more about the team dynamic, and we've already we've already gotten our, our really good Ethan Hunt. I I, I don't want to say character study. I feel like mm-hmm. that's giving three too much credit, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, we we've, we've we've done a decent amount of character work with him, so I I feel fine with with yeah. having it dispersed a bit more. Um. And God, I'm just, it's just so upsetting because Jeremy Renner doesn't get a whole lot to do in the next one, and then he's just gone in six, mm-hmm. and Paul Patton's gone, and ah, at least Simon Pegg's still around and he does yep. stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the the team dynamic overall, it finally feels like oh, 
This is what Mission Impossible is supposed this to be This is what about. it was before they killed off the entire team in the first ten minutes of Mission right. Impossible 1. Right. Um, well, I like the whole... It, it's like an origin story of this team having to come together because yeah. they have to overcome literally everything going wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that, how... how First, first off, they get they get screwed over by the bad guy, and and they, you know they're all disavowed and IMF like they they can't rely on any of their resources anymore, um, and then none of their tech works properly. They screw it up at every turn. There's just constant failure, and they still manage to pull out a win at the end. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's yeah. great. It's I love good. all that stuff. Um, on the other hand, the villain's kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. He's not terrible. He's. Mm-hmm. It's very. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Malekith, where he's just a nothing I was bad guy. Just about to say he's very early MCU. Yeah. Maybe middle MCU too. If we're I being mean, fair. at least they do give him enough to be like, okay, I understand his motivation. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Eh. That's, that's very very standard, mm-hmm. but that's fine because once again the focus is more on the team, so I'm fine True. with that. Uh, it does seem weird that he's able to put up a fight against Tom Cruise, especially because he he seems like a slightly overweight crazy man. Sure. So I don't. I feel like Ethan Hunt could just kick his butt in like ten seconds. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and that kind of feeds into your your feeling about the plot. The plot is very paint by numbers. Um. Oh, it's a nuclear arm again. We gotta stop that because yeah. that's the worst nuclear thing that could codes. ever happen. Yep. Uh. Very, very basic MacGuffin. Yeah, which is fine because the the plot's not that complicated. There's some t- minor twists and turns, but it's 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 mostly about the team. And considering that's my favorite part of the movie, like I'm not gonna be complaining that much. Yeah. Um, I think overall this is better than three. I think objectively. Not even objectively. I think... Well, I, th- I think it's very hard to, to put three over this from a... Just because of how much better the production value of this movie is. Which goes to the action, to the effects. I mean, I think even even the set pieces. It's um, just... It, it's so well-constructed. Yeah. Like, it, it's so cleanly done. I don't know if there's a better way to describe it, but I yeah. that's just the feeling I get when I watch the movie. I'm like, this is like just super crisp and clean, isn't it? And I don't feel like any of the other Mission Impossible movies are like that. Even the next we, two? The, the next two still feel a little more more like three, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not as much. It, it, it feels like a blend between the two styles. Yeah. But I feel like this one is... It's almost like classic Hollywood, and it's not really, but it's that's kind of the vibe that I get. But Alex, uh, yes, where's the heart? Where's the heart? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, sure. Where F do you, minus ha- has no heart. Correct. Where do you, where do you want to get it? Is literally dead. Where do you want to get into this? Um. Leia Seydoux's in this movie, so yeah. I need to talk about that and rant more that about Spectre. Is, that set piece is wonderful. Where they, they, Which set got, piece is wonderful? They're all wonderful. They've got two... <laughs> I, 
I, I like all the set pieces. I don't think they're arranged in the right order. Yes. <laughs> for the pacing of yes, the movie. But, but, I, but I do like all my, the set pieces. But but I'm saying the part with the tower where they, they orchestrate the... Um, I almost feel like the tower should be the finale. Yeah. And then... Cause, but anyway, the, the fact that they or- orchestrate the two meetings at the same time, each playing a different person, like, that's a really neat... Idea. That's a problem I have with both this and Rogue Nation is that they kind of blow their load halfway through yes. the movie, and then the finale is like, yeah, it's fine. Should have been earlier. Yeah. yeah. If we're having like constantly ramping up how crazy this is getting. Yes. Also, I feel like this movie is finally going like full Fast and Furious with the physics and how much damage these people can take, especially Tom Cruise. <laughs> especially Tom. I'll Cruise. have to. I'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that because like. Just him falling two. off the Burj Khalifa and and, and catching it mm-hmm. like in in the 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 sticky hand mm-hmm. catching the wall again is like oh his arm would be ripped off he'd be flying off the building well there's, like, he'd be dead there's that and there's there's him uh, smashing his head into the ground after landing on a truck from like twenty feet up does he hit his head it's it, I mean he rolls but it yeah <laughs> it just, the rolling would not he's he rolls on like like completely just bare from the waist up onto yeah. cobblestone. <laughs> She's oh, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. That would, that would work quite as well. Anyway, um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a few different bits where it's like, oh, he's he's just going to be fine jumping, I guess. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. okay. And, and like him driving the car uh, at the end off off the uh, the side. It is nice that oh, he puts yeah. his, it, he, it's nice that he puts a seatbelt on at least. So you know, there's that. But <laughs> makes it Kids, at least put somewhat, your seatbelt on, plausible. and you can one day be Ethan Hunt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, definitely a lot of a lot of uh, wave, hand, hand waving as a, regards to physics. Yeah. Also, the most unrealistic thing they keep getting it wrong by not having Tom Cruise outrun things. He an explode the the explosion at the Kremlin catches him. That's not that's not realistic. The sandstorm catches him. <laughs> that's, that's no, yeah. He <laughs> got be long gone. What are you talking about? <laughs> so three still has the best running. You would say. Yeah, I I think <sighs> that shot that shot in three. It's just hard to it's just hard to beat. <laughs> this one has this one. Is, I think Fallout is comes the closest to beating it. Yes, this is this is an. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Fallout might beat it. That that that'll we'll have to. Fallout. I know. I said Casino Royale is the greatest movie ever made. Fallout is actually the greatest right. movie ever right. made. Um, With the one flaw being that Paula Patton is not in the movie. Correct. <laughs> actually, no, no, two flaws: Paula Patton and Jeremy Renner. Correct. Excuse me. Indeed. <laughs> uh. I don't know. Where, where do you... What? This movie... So let's chart the set pieces, right? <laughs> because we have... I love all of them. We have the, the jail the jailbreak at the beginning. That's yeah. fun. Um, how, well, how, how do you feel about that being, like, where we jump in on, on seeing what has happened to Ethan? I mean, I'm pretty much okay with that. Okay. It's a neat kind of way to mix it up yeah creative yeah um yeah. And yeah overall the set piece I, I really like um you know they got the Dean Martin music yep. playing um what, what's what's the name of, of the guys he's freeing I don't remember the guy <sighs> thinks he's Sergi 
Sergi. Um, Sergi? Are you not Sergi? Bogdan! That's his name. Sure. I had to say lines that Again. Bogdan had said before I could remember that his name was Bogdan. Again, you could have said anything. You could have said his name was Johnny, and I was like, oh, is that his right? N- really? His okay. name was Dimitri. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That You would have completely had me. It's a Mission Impossible 2 joke. Are you laughing yet, kids? Mm-hmm. Where's Tandy Newton? <laughs> Uh, doing better things than Mission Impossible 2. That's uh, better than Mission Impossible 2 anyway. Yeah. Um, I I just like how... I know you say it's forgettable, but when I... Whenever I watch the movie, I just notice so many small details. Yeah. That, that I, I just really, really enjoy. Um, and it feels very intricately planned out. Um, even down to like... The bit where Ethan, like, uh, first off, we have him reading people's lips, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a thing that maybe the most three. consistent thing about Ethan is that he's just Superman. <laughs> um, well, he's Super Spy Man, um, Super Hyphen Spy Hyphen Man. Yes, there you go. All caps. Um, but then also he's able to listen in to other languages and I really like how they handle that just in terms of film language mm-hmm. like he looks at the TV we have the subtitles in Russian then it slowly changes into English because oh hey he's figuring out what they're saying yeah that's very nice yep it's almost like it's a spy movie <laughs> um yeah and the the, uh, the whole Kremlin see and that's a th- that's my thing is that I feel like the Kremlin general infiltration yeah and the 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 Burj Khalifa scene like set piece those two are the best set pieces in the movie one is like the fir- end of the first act so do they have blueprints for the Kremlin sure how did they know they needed that that thing to hide them in the you know when they're yeah. when they're going up the hallway why would they not need it that's a very good question, but then you could ask, why have they never used that before in any of the Mission Impossible new. movies? Because it's new. Oh, yeah. and, but they'll never use it again. It's, well, it didn't work. Did it? You know, it kind of <laughs> fell I apart. Mean, I mean, it did work. But like they, they, it, you know, it was a very specific situation. I don't know why they built such a high tech piece of machinery for a very specific situation. It, to me, it feels a bit like. Um, it's not as bad as some of the James Bond movies, but it's like Q gives Bond specific gadgets yes. that will only help yes. him in that movie. Yes. And it's just, Q, what's your reasoning for that? <laughs> uh, the, I, I read the script. Just seeing if he comes back dead. You know? <laughs> um, it's yeah. like, okay, I guess they had somehow had blueprints to the Kremlin because they're spies, so okay. And they knew they had to get down that hallway. Mm-hmm. And they knew there was a desk with a guard in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. fine. My biggest plot problem is... I I, I know we were talking about set pieces, but my biggest plot problem is just the bad guy somehow knows exactly what they're doing, like, at all times. Particularly when they're in the Kremlin. Yeah, well, he's really just there to, like, move the plot along. Yeah. He's an embodiment of the plot. He's not like a... How does he know that any agency knows about him and is moving in to to go and try and steal what he's stealing that very day? Yeah. Like, 
And how does he know to piggyback off their frequency? That's that's what Simon Pegg says. I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, yeah. Like him planning all that. I don't know. But he's supposed to be like a super smart genius crazy man, so right. what do I know? Sure. And and again, it, it, it is... Just, that, See, I'm only a crazy man. I don't have the super smart part, so... Yes, that's accurate. <laughs> um, they, Thank you. They really... They're, he really is only there just so that they can have someone to bounce the plot off of. Like it's it's not of yeah. a, a thought out, well thought out, fully fully fleshed villain. Like yeah, little annoying. Well, it's, a, well, it's also because like Philip Seymour Hoffman, or mm-hmm. well, even all all the bad guys that we've dealt with, they have one on one conversations with Ethan. Mm-hmm. Even Ambrose, as much as we don't like Ambrose, he has like one on one conversations with Ethan. Yeah, where they they like you know they have a little tete a tete you know. Yep. You know, exchanging of witty dialogue or, you know, trying to get under each other's skin. This guy's just nothing. Yep. And it, and it's not even like, oh, he's got like a memorable henchman or anything like that. It says mm. nothing at all. <laughs> well, I guess he's got, he, he does technically have a henchman, but I, I don't know his name. It also doesn't help that, you know. Slayers say do. Ah. Well, she's memorable. Oh, it doesn't help when they go to Dubai and his henchman shows up, but it's actually Hendrix wearing a mask. And that's how he, you know, at the end of that scene, his mask gets ripped off and Ethan's just like, oh, crap, it was you all along. I'm like, honestly, you could have told me that the henchman guy was the bad guy all along. Like, you could have done any sort of twist there and it wouldn't, wouldn't have really changed it. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman? What are you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I agree. It, it, and that's... I, I think that is a big thing to the, the movie's detriment because we have that Kremlin scene, um, mm-hmm. the Burj Khalifa general set piece with obviously Tom Cruise climbs up and then they orchestrate the, the meeting uh, where they have the same meeting in two different places to throw off both right. parties. And then that ends up going awry. That's another thing too. It, it, I I get the idea of things keep going wrong. Yeah. Um. That's a that's a fun concept, but there is a I, there is a point or where you you kind of want to come see them execute the mission perfectly in a Mission Impossible movie at least once. Um. And I feel like if that's where they were going to go with it, it almost would have helped. But Tyler, Infinity War, everything goes that's, wrong that's in that. Not, the superheroes not, don't do anything right. It's not mission colon impossible. This isn't impossible me actually talking. This is the audience yelling at you. <laughs> it's it's not mission colon impossible dash Infinity War. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's Ghost <laughs> Okay. Um, also, the main character isn't the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's also. <laughs> yes. Uh,. And that's that's my thing is I almost feel like it would have been effective if we had had at least gotten a really cool set piece where they were doing a heist or something at the beginning and everything went perfectly. Why well, I guess you could argue that the set piece at the beginning is them doing something right. But it's it's not like that's not like super. It's just oh Simon Pegg hacks into the jail and he gets him out. Well, she, she 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 uses the thing to to take away the concrete floor. It just yeah. does something. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's still not. It's not nearly as creative as like the hacking scene or whatever from from the first one where he's dropping down on the wire obviously yeah. the iconic scene or yeah. um also i found it very strange going the, along with them trying to replace like, tom cruise with ethan how how 
um, Brant gets the moment where he's he's kind of close to the ground and he's about to, mm-hmm. you know, he's in a perilous situation. Mm-hmm. He's hanging up, you know. Um, and that's <laughs> should I not have jumped? That's that's sort of my thing too. Is that the the like physics of that scene are a little <laughs> wibbly wobbly? Or he's like floating above the fan. Fine. It, I it's it was fine. fine with for they movie play, logic. They play it fine, but that's what I'm saying. It's movie logic where I'm like. I'm thinking of specifically that that scene from the first movie with the, the where they you know obviously Tom Cruise dangles from the ceiling and all that and it's he's got to yeah. execute everything perfectly because it's gonna throw off all yeah. the wires, um, and then in the last one where they kidnap Philip Seymour Hoffman that's that's a great scene and they execute yeah. it and they use the gags they use the masks or the gimmicks and they use the masks and everything and it. it pulls it off um and and I kind of wanted something because they do that. With the meetings, more or less, but it the fact that it ends up going wrong kind of takes yeah. away from that the fun of that. Um, I did not have that feeling at all. I'm not. It's. I'm not. That's. Not, this isn't like a mostly strong because we've had three well, Mission so, Impossible movies before so, this. Yeah, but the second one sucked. So, <laughs> most of my problem is that with the. It's not necessarily that that's a thing. Like they should have had. They they shouldn't have things shouldn't have gone wrong like that's that's fine but i'm saying that because of that i feel like i was never like completely satisfied because of the fact that the ending of the movie just kind of flops it's just like ah we we did it okay that's that's the end of that um which i guess gotta admit though ethan yelling mission accomplished is hilarious (laughs) it's pretty good it's pretty good um my my thing is that the i don't know if ethan hunt would do that (laughs) but it's kind of funny yeah um my thing is that the uh, so so our fi- move on to our final set piece here, the the car tunnel. Thing. I mean, I guess that you could talk about the party as well and everything, but specifically the 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 big fight between Ethan and the villain in the in the car tower where he's got all the cars lined up and they're all moving around and moving back and right. forth and everything. And um, Ethan. And and the guy like it's a neat it's a neat fight like there's 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 stuff moving around and they're they're rolling around between the cars and the cars moving up and down, but this yeah. is the finale of the movie, and it, it would be one thing if we had built up this villain to where the it, it, if this was a fight between Ethan and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character the last one it'd be very yeah. intense, um, and it's because we the villain is kind of just a non character. And there's no like emotional attachment between Tom Cruise and the villain. Yeah, it's it's just okay. We're kind of beating each other up, okay. And then the cars are moving around. Like it's just not. If if you're gonna have a villain who has no real emotional ties with the characters, and he's just there to kind of move the MacGuffin where it needs to go, uh, I feel like you need a more spectacular finale. And I feel like the if if the the finale had been the tower scene and if they'd somehow kind of rearranged that to where they they pulled it off, um right. Maybe at the end Tom Cruise has to parachute out at the top of the tower, I don't know, something you know, make make it you can you can have a, a maybe a little more of a bang if you do it that way. Uh just to make sure it, it Does he jump out of the building and do a flip in midair yes. like he did in Mission Impossible 2? Yes, exactly. With a terrible green screen. <laughs> Only this time it would be Tom terrible Cruise. Terrible green screen. This time Tom Cruise would actually do it. He'd, he'd just uh, <laughs> jump out of a tower and uh, hope for the best. Aim I for don't the know how they how the insurance companies <laughs> let him do this. Yep. I guess I guess the Church of Scientology just says, "Hey, we'll fund it. Don't worry probably. about it." They probably cover his insurance. We cover his medical bills. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, or maybe he's just like, I don't actually have any insurance because uh, Zenu told me not to. <laughs> Zenu's got my back. Hashtag Zenu's got my back. You just write a write a, a contract that's just like, yeah, I'm not going to see you guys if I like die or break my neck or whatever doing this. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Especially when we get to like Mission Impossible Fallout. That's a uh, some some. Like I said, Tom Cruise stuff. is willing to put his life on the line for my amusement. Yes, and it's delightful. <laughs> um. But yeah, I that that's my my overall feeling. It's just that like, and especially the fact that the missile gets so close. That's the, like that all that entire like CGI like sequence that's kind of interspersed with the finale. Yeah, it just gets more and more like, what are we what are we doing exactly? Like, it, I don't know. I I have a lot of like it. I feel like it doesn't look amazing. Yeah, and in general, it's just like wait, we're they're saying that like they I. It it feels like at that point I completely lost all stakes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that had that effect on me. But I just saw that and I was like, oh, we're just we're just doing we're we're real. I guess because it feels like they're so artificially trying to drum up your your investment at that point, where it's like, oh, you, you know, look how look how close this missile is getting. It's like that's not you're not gonna blow. That's not going to happen. That's not how that's. You know, it's, it's it's funny. None of none of this stuff really bugged me while I was watching it. Like I, I Di- didn't really feel strokes, that way. You know, like like it was more just like something I didn't even consider more than like I really like that element or I really didn't like that element. It was just like I I didn't even think about it. And that's what I'm saying is that I don't know how to process these movies. And because of that, I'm thinking a lot about the base structure and how they're trying to make me feel and that sort of yeah. thing. And I yeah. Um was was it too fantastical for you? A little. Cuz I feel like 3, 5 and 6 especially are, are you know they have their fast and furious logic, yes. but in terms of just like the plot and well, the set pieces, they're a bit more I don't want to say grounded and I don't yeah. want to say realistic, but you get what I, I mean. Uh, yeah. And and that's the thing is that there's so there's this scene where um Tom Cruise gets back and he's with the new secretary and William Brandt in the car. Um, yeah. New secretary who apparently is very close to Tom Cruise. Even, are they supposed to be the same character for the last... Are they supposed to be the same character in general? Like, like no. Is, is, every, is no. every secretary a different character? Is that... I, I, I would assume okay. so. Just, See, it's just weird the, because... In being this the one, secretary of IMF is a very stressful job. They go through one like every six months. Sure, sure. It's... It's it's just ridiculous. It's just weird the way they they play that because well, it's like, oh, you're a good friend. They, are you telling me they couldn't have gotten Lawrence Fishburne yeah. for a single scene? Because then it would have been like, oh, okay, they're, this is why the the secretary thinks they're friends because they're yeah. You know, like anyway, the secretary gets a head blo- or a hole blown in his head. And, Carmine um, Falcone from Batman yes. Begins. And Tom Wilkinson, if we're actually going to say the actor's name, <laughs> that that scene is very effective. Like it's just like, oh, oh yeah. god, <laughs> like oh, oh jeez. Well, the look on Tom Cruise's face, I'm surprised that hasn't been well, like memefied. Yeah, and that's a fun. Just little... like the shocked look on his face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and out of context, it's funny. Mm-hmm. And that's a fun twist where it's like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna have to find a way to break out of the. the... Oh no, never mind. Okay, we're 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 cutting right through all that. Um, yeah. That's a neat little thing, and then they crash. Um, there's the wonderful bit where 
Tom Cruise uh, sticks a flare on on one of the guys. I think I guess the driver's body and and sends it flying off. Yeah. And uh, then the, all the Russians start shooting at it, and the way they react to it is so like exactly how that would play out as far as the guys the just dumb being action like, movie. What's that? Oh god! No, like like I. It's just like that feels because they they have a conversation about it afterwards where Tom Cruise and Jeremy Renner are like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Renner's like, what, why did that work? How? Did, what? I don't understand. Like, what the thought process? Your thought process was there, and he's like, and, and Tom Cruise is like, they're dummies. They'll shoot at anything that's moving. Yeah, well, he's, he's basically just like talking about, and it's a, it's an effective scene where he's like, you don't understand emotion like I do in those situations, and adrenaline like how that that's how that works. Um, but I feel like it plays perfectly. I think it, it's it's exactly the kind of like logic that. Hire, terrified hired guns would use in that situation. I don't know. Just the the way they react to it, where the guy's just like, "What's that? Oh god!" And then everyone just starts shooting at it. I don't know. I feel like that plays really well. I like it a lot. Um, but I'm saying, did that- it feel weird to you about? Because we haven't really talked about the Russian agent that's after yeah. Ethan for the whole movie. Um, I, I like their their relationship. It's it's amusing. But did it feel weird to you that his men are responsible for the death of the secretary, and then at the end, him and Ethan are like friends? Oh, yeah. I don't even really know what they're doing with that character. Well, he does show up after the the, the car has crashed. No, I remember the, yeah. the, the lake, and he's like, "Guys, stop shooting! What are you doing?" But but also, that's, why that's did kind he, of strange? Did, was he trying to kill Tom Cruise? Why did that not spark an international incident? If he killed the secretary of a secret, they've been disavowed. It's Ghost Protocol, that's Tyler. True. They're disavowed, and the president's like, "Oh well, I'm glad. I'm glad Ethan Hunt saved the day. Now, let, where's my good buddy Carmen Falcone? Let, oh God, he's dead." <laughs> yeah. Um, questions. Can we get? Anyway. Can we get Anthony Hopkins back? <laughs> I think we've still got him on our IMF payroll. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Where's Where's Kittrich? Yeah. My, I just feel like that sequence. Um was pretty effective and it was fairly grounded and they, they, it, it, it was Tom Cruise kind of talking about being Ethan Hunt and yeah. had a conversation about that and I feel like that was well done um, and I really liked that kind of sequence um, I also I, I will say that the the exchange between Ethan and the Russian agent on the roof outside the hospital is pretty excellent where, where the Russian agent just like takes a cig- cigarette out and just like yeah Come come back inside. You're not gonna you're not gonna jump. That's a, that's a terrible idea. And he's like, ah, oh, you're probably right. And then like, there's like a conversation they have back and forth. Um, and then he he jumps off, and the Russian agent's face is just priceless. Or it's just like, give it oh, a movie God. or two. If Ethan were in that same situation in Fallout, he would have jumped. Yep. <laughs> he would have done it. His efficiency has gone way up. His kneecaps have also gotten stronger every movie. <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, that's how that works. But yeah, I that I don't know. I just feel like that that overall. I will say the the finale with uh, the the cobalt guy uh, jumping off the 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 car tower, the side of the car tower, and smashing to the ground to, to protect his dream or whatever, and killing himself. That's that's pretty effective. That was like, oh god, all right, we're doing that. Um, but it was also like, oh. Yeah, that's, that's how much this villain didn't matter. Yes. We didn't we didn't need a satisfying moment where Ethan kills him. It's it's the sort of thing where like in the last movie, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character got hit by the truck. It's like, oh, that's all that that's all that was. That was such a great memorable villain. Why why was that everything? Yeah, 
in this movie, it's like, oh, hey, uh, he ended on a high note. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ending it on a high note. That's all right. Grabbing the suitcase, just walking (laughs) off the edge and just slamming your head into the ground. (laughs) He ended it on a high note, folks. That's his his epitaph. Um, Yeah. His family crest says ending it on a high note. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That that's that's sort of how I feel about the the movie as a whole. Is that that finale? I feel like is just it's just a pretty decent letdown. Um, at least to me, I I it, it it's not what it didn't bother me nearly that much. <laughs> I just I still it, found the it movie really, did really not fun. the movie didn't get me invested enough early on in order for me to be happy with that. No, I'll put it that way. I'll put it to you this way. My biggest problem with the finale is that they have this super high-tech car, mm-hmm. and all it does is <laughs> use its GPS. They just drive with it. It was stupid. <laughs> That's, funny. That's true. I, I get it, because it's like we've already had like, two car chases yeah. already, but still. like You don't even have a super high-tech car at that point. You just have like a car. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if that was like some kind of product placement or what. I got nothing. Maybe it was just a sleazy way to to show Paula Patton undressing. Kind of. There were a couple of shots where I was kind of like, uh, "Oh, that's." I thought thought we were above that. Okay. Well, it's so weird because I I don't know how I feel about it because I they do a great job at at being able to characterize her very well and have her be like she she she's not just you know what what I refer to as sex position mm-hmm. where where she's not just a sex object that that spouts exposition mm-hmm. um I, I feel like Tandy Newton in uh mm-hmm. 2 fell under that that you know that problem a lot um but Paul Patton for the most part like she's just a character I mean she's gorgeous don't get me wrong, and seeing her in, in that, that wonderful turquoise dress at the party, I'm not going to complain. But still, it, at certain points, especially because they're purposely using her to seduce the guy, yes, it's like, we, we can cut this off at yeah. some point, we folks. Don't, we don't need, yeah. yeah. I love Jeremy Renner's line, next time I get to seduce the rich guy. <laughs> they're building up camaraderie! Mm-hmm. Keep it going. <laughs> Pay it forward. Pay it forward. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, it's, it's odd that they. Yeah. Well, one thing that I like with Paul Patton's character is that they actually show the consequences of relationships with people like other agents. Yeah. And like how that can mess you good, up, like good look cameo at Bond. from a Sawyer James Bond movies. Lost. Yeah, it's a weird cameo. <laughs> um, but like James Bond, like he sleeps with like five girls every movie, and usually like a couple of them die. And there's there, usually he gets over it in a scene if he even reacts yeah. to it at all. Whereas this, she, you know, she has a character arc where she has to get over that and become confident in mm-hmm. her abilities again. Because she pretty much just doesn't trust herself, and she's solely out to kill Leia Seydoux. Funnily enough, um, <laughs> one of the most superficial Bond girls. Um, 
<laughs> even though she doesn't pretty, die, Inspector. Um, yeah. I kind of wish there was some twist where Leah Seydoux was was a bad guy Inspector now. Because <laughs> I feel be like she plays that really great. well. Because I don't want to s- s- come off as insulting, but she does like a really good like like having cold eyes, yeah. like having a cold stare, like I'm almost like x-raying you like mm-hmm. I'm, i can see behind your soul yeah, yeah. I, I, these these she's got like a piercing stare it's intimidating. and i she she, yeah. she does that well which is weird because she's just like this super skinny girl and you wouldn't expect that but it's all in the performance mm-hmm. i don't know yep she's so much better in this than she is in <laughs> specter you know it's not a good movie? Spectre. Spectre. <laughs> and it's because she's not having to tell Daniel Craig awkwardly, I love you. <laughs> I have problems. I have serious problems. <laughs> I have deep-seated issues with Spectre, okay? It's all going to be fine. I'll, I'll see the, the next James Bond movie and I'll go, that's eh, all right. And then I'll move on with my I was going to say, you're going to say that it's all right, or eh, it was all right, and then you'll you'll spend the next, like, year slowly just realizing you hate it and coming to terms with that and probably making detailed YouTube series about it. Yeah, probably. We can only hope. <laughs> uh, I feel like we have been all over with this movie. Oh, yeah. But... Well, it's just weird because I was expecting you to enjoy it more than you did. Yeah, because I, I really I, well, you were also this movie. expecting me not to enjoy three as much as I did. So yeah, that's true. Although that be, that was mostly because of the Kurt, Kurtzman and Orsi right. factor. I didn't know how how much that was going to play into it. Right. Um. Apparently, not very. Yeah. Somehow, my. I mean, my, I guess the only thing we haven't really, like, touched on is the, the, the ending, which is wonderful. Where... We also haven't really touched on Simon Pegg that much. Yeah. It's Simon Pegg. He's funny. He's, he's great. He's entertaining. You, he's got, you're the help. He's got good, yep, he's got good chemistry. The the, the cast. Mm. It's good. <laughs> oh, well, one thing about, about Brant's character. I, I, I know we, we like the bit where, where um, he's like, why, why did, how did you know the flare would work? How did mm-hmm. they, why, why were they shooting at the body? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I feel like they use him a couple of times too many to force-feed exposition. Yeah. S- specifically when they're driving to Dubai, and he's like... So let me get this straight. And he's almost looking at the camera when he does it like, all right, brace yourself, audience. I'm about to explain what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to convince two people that they had a meeting that never actually took place. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know. That that felt a bit force-feeding yes. us exposition. Yeah. I'm like, I, 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 know, I know what's happening. <laughs> I, know, I know what the plan is. Ethan Hunt just told me that what the plan is. You don't have to reiterate it. I agree. Come on, Jeremy Renner. I know the Avengers hasn't come out yet, but still. <laughs> you had the Hurt Locker. That's true. Anyway. So 
So what were you saying? The the ending. Yeah, the ending yeah. is is quite nice. Where he he meets up with Ving Rhames again. See, th- see, this is how you do it. If you're not going to have one of these main team members mm-hmm. in, in the movie, you at least give him a cameo at the end. Yeah. Give him something. And it's it's very nice where it's like. I I very much appreciate the fact that the movie kind of sets it up as like, ah, they killed off... um, Crap, what's the actress's name? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you suffer for this. <laughs> just is, I'm just gonna let you swim around in your it, own confusion. Is it Michelle Monaghan? I feel like we're oh, up. you got it. He got it. Okay. Um, Ten points to Tyler. Ah. So she, uh, it, it, the movie plays it off as like, ah, oh, we killed her off screen because we couldn't get get her back for budget or whatever, or she wasn't. We didn't have a role for her in the movie, and we don't care about these characters. Um, I I remember watching it for the first time, and I, I had really enjoyed three. Um, you know, before seeing it, and I was like. Did we do we really kill her off? Yeah. And do, do we do we pull an alien three? But it's even worse because <laughs> she's not even there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they they and and especially when we get the 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 backstory of like oh she was kidnapped I'm like that happened in three <laughs> yeah it's the exact same scenario like, what, are, what are you talking about and so um then they, yeah they go through all that and then they get to the end and uh, oh wait she's she's fine cool and yeah. and Ving Rhames meets up with him and and they they talk about her and then he has a nice conversation with jeremy ritter where he's like hey i probably wouldn't forgive you if it was all your fault but it's not so you're good (laughs) and uh um mission accomplished you actually said mission accomplished (laughs) i'm like okay the the movie recognizes how ridiculous that is all right Uh, we're good but yeah. And also, they Michael Giacchino, because he's doing the music, he brings back the, the love theme between Ethan mm-hmm. and Julia. I'm like, see, if you, if you keep repeating it, I'll start latching it <laughs> on to certain emotions that I feel while watching a movie. It's almost like if you have consistent scores, people will remember them. No. Oh. Not possible. Bring me Thanos? Bring you Thanos. <laughs> uh yeah the and and they have the loving shot at the end and then of course uh tom cruise walks into the night as he gets his next mission which as you say also what is it with him and hoods in this movie hoods, that, that hoods were like just weird... really in you know I, f- I feel like brad bird comes into a meeting and he's talking with with tom cruise about where, where he wants to take the story and, and whatnot and the first thing out of tom cruise's uh mouth is i'm feeling hoods <laughs> Okay, but but Tom, that's, Wait, what, that's not what? really like a story. That's that's just. I need at least two different scenes where I'm walking around, leather jacket, hood on, and I look awesome. And we're gonna put it all over the marketing materials. Okay, but but Tom, what about the story? Or I'm thinking hoods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, the main poster is like the team, and then him at the front walking with the hood on. It's funny. great. Although, um, just continuity-wise, the exposition we get about the syndicate at the very end does not jive with right. the next movie at all. Because it's like, they've taken control of our drone system, and we know who the syndicate is. Meanwhile, you get to the next movie, it's like, oh, they're not in control of the drones, and Eth- everybody thinks Ethan is crazy because he thinks the syndicate is real. He was actually just listening to a recording of himself rambling, uh... Well, I think it would have been cool because at the beginning of the next one that he starts listening to a message and it ends up being a fake out that the bad guys recorded for him. Uh-huh. And I kind of wish that 
they had fed that yeah. back into this one where it's like that message was actually not from yeah. IMF. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do we have any other thoughts? I really like this movie quite a bit. This is this, this is one of... I think... I, I do agree to a certain extent with what you're saying. Like, it is very forgettable. Like, when I'm thinking about the series, mm-hmm. this one doesn't immediately come to mind. But when I'm watching it, like, it's two pa- two hours that just flies by. Yeah. I really like it. And I think, for the most part, it lays really solid groundwork for what's to come. Not as solid as I would like. I wish the next couple of movies, even though I think overall they're far superior to the rest of the series mm-hmm. um i do wish they had retained some more elements from this yeah mostly in terms of characters and, and the team but we'll talk about this we'll talk about them it's gonna be great it's gonna be great it's gonna be great it's gonna be great what's your grade oh oh one last thing okay no <laughs> A wonderful bit of continuity when he goes to visit Bogdan and and the arms dealer guy, and I also love all that how Ethan sets up like he he tells the arms dealer, "Hey, contact the Russian guy so he can come find me and everything will be okay. It's fine. I planned it all ahead because I'm Ethan Hunt and I'm mm-hmm. a crazy man." Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, the tall blonde guy that's who he meets when he goes to see Max in the first movie, and he even hands him the same mask to wear over his head. Hmm. Interesting, and they and they don't call attention to it. It's it, it's like if you noticed it, it's it's a huh. nice little thing. It slightly lingers on it, so you get it. Yeah. It can sink in, but then they don't call attention to it. It's like how the girl in uh, number six is Max's daughter, but they don't yes. call any attention to it. And I'm like, that's great. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. So, what's your grade? <laughs> You know it would have been terrible what? if they got to number six and it's like, oh, Solomon Lane and, and Max's daughter, they, they've been the bad guys behind everything. Yes. Like uh, John Voight, Ambrose, Philip we'll Seymour Hoffman, they've all been working for them. And they even had matching decoder rings that we didn't see in their movies. At least... Uh, Spectre sucks! At least the the villains in those four Bond movies are all relatively connected in terms of like... Oh, or Quantum of Solace is sort of like a spin-out of, of Casino Royale. And uh, Javier Bardem, he's he's like a rogue agent. And like, Spectre is the guy. Well, they, they but, cheat a little bit because it's like, oh, well, Quantum is just a part of Spectre. Okay, yeah. well, that immediately ties Le Chief and Green in. Yes, exactly. Silva's, Silva's really the odd man yeah. out where it's like, I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying is that all of those of at least is like, okay, I see what you, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, it's not really fine. It's but not it's, fine. But it's, it's terrible, it's, and I hate it. It's, all right, I see why you thought that would be a good idea, whereas this, it would just be like, what? what Sean Ambrose? What? He's... He's important. Well, he you know what's thing. funny? It would actually make more sense because the syndicate is all about turning agents rogue. True. And that's Ambrose's whole MO. But then what about Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, I got nothing there. I suppose the first <laughs> guy, the first, what's his face from, and also what about Cobalt? 
Oh, you mean Hendrix? Yeah, sure. Cobalt. Also, it's weird how much they, how much exposition they already know about Cobalt. Yes. Like he's he's an extremist, and we know he's going to be going to the Kremlin to get things, and you have to go get things. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> how do we know this? Oh, this is from our intel. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? You know, Simon Pegg. <laughs> he uses the computers. He he's he's a, a a computerist. He computers things. Oh. Uh, now I'm just imagining Mark Wahlberg as Benji, and I I just <laughs> this would be the worst movie ever. Yeah. Spectre exists. Remember. <laughs> ah, you're bringing it back. Uh. What's a great? <laughs> you look concerned. Um. Talk well, talk it out for well, the audience. Well, when we had come into this, I was thinking I, I do I did think it was better than three. Um, I, I was sitting at B plus, so mm-hmm. I, I gave three a B. So it's it's not it's not that big a difference. I, I'm gonna stick with B for this. Um, I think overall I like the story and the villain more in the first one or third. the first one three. It feels like the, the first, one, first one. Of, yes, um, I I really like that stuff um but the supporting cast don't really care about and a lot of well specifically with the team um thing range is cool uh, but a lot of the production stuff the special effects the camera work the editing none of that really works for me like it should right um and that's just because jj abrams hadn't had that much experience as a filmmaker um but i feel like this one kind of has the opposite like everything that was that was okay yes. to not great about the third one is great in the fourth one, and then it's kind of reversed. <laughs> what stuff really works and what doesn't? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go B. I'm I'm gonna have it be at the same level for for now. Okay. I can always change it. Sure. Even though, who cares? I am also going B. So. Interesting. I thought yeah. you were going to be higher. And on you it. gave three, and you gave three an A minus. Yep. Interesting. And I thought you were going to be a lot higher on uh, this one, based on the way you're talking about it. It's interesting. <sighs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm. It, it, it's partially I'm pacing myself because five and six are just awesome. So I'm like, yeah. uh, well, what grades would I give those? I don't know. I have to think about it. So. See, I'm, I'm just because at this point. If I don't, if I don't just try to keep it consistent in general, then I'm gonna get myself all sorts of screwed up in comparison yeah. to all our other movies. So I'm just like, eh, how do I feel about a thing? I'll go with that. Well, it's just interesting I, because I don't know. I like three a lot. Well, it's just interesting because with five and six, Christopher McQuarrie is so intimately tied into those movies because basically he wrote them as they were made. Yeah. Like I don't know how those movies are as good as they are and how as as cohesive as they are, right. considering they pretty much wrote it as they went. And they did that for both of them. I don't understand. Hmm. Turns out you can kind of improv a script and it'll work sometimes. Um, Maybe you just have to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny guy. Anyways. Um, but I, I really would be interested, like, if we had the final scripts that came out for those movies and Brad Bird had directed them instead I'm curious how how much different they would be yeah 
I think term in terms of directing and like the actual production and stuff, mm-hmm. I think this is my favorite on that particular level. I think this is the best looking of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I didn't mention The Last Jedi at all this whole episode. <laughs> you should be so proud of me right now. And I didn't mention Snyder either. I was just specter bashing the whole time. If you've got a focus for your rage, then we're all good. We're all good. Oh, See, I can use each of these movies to to criticize a different aspect of Suspector. So now I get with the next one, I get to make fun of Blofeld and how terrible he is compared to Solomon Lane. <laughs> the fun never stops. It here come the sequels, kids. Oh, lordy, All right, unless we... the movie bores us, because then it's just we don't want to talk yes, about it. That's true. Do we have any any parting thoughts before we kind of wrap it up? It's been a fairly on-focus um, episode, which is off-brand for us. It was on-focus, but we jumped around all over the place with <laughs> regards to the movie. Um, we've got long hair Tom Cruise again. The movies jump back and forth, and I then kinda, we get to five, and it's like, oh, they just stopped that pattern. I kind of don't like it. It's vanilla sky hair. Yeah. I don't know. It it's just odd because Tom Cruise at this point was like in his mid fifties or whatever. No, no, it's like his early fifties. I think at this point, I can't remember. He's old, um, mm-hmm. older than he should be. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Considering how he looks. No, yeah, that's because um, of Scientology. So it's because of Zenu. Yeah, Zenu is keeping him alive for my amusement. Mm-hmm. What? Um. But yeah, there's the pattern of him having short hair in the first and third, the long hair in the second and fourth, and then the fifth one, he keeps semi-long hair, I think? It's kind of like an intermediate level. Sure. And then six, he's just back to short hair. Tom Cruise is currently 56. Okay, okay, okay. So he would have been, I guess, late 40s for this one. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. We're at a pit is 54 Johnny Depp is 55 and George Clooney is 57 why is Johnny Depp Grindelwald <laughs> Some, somebody are you saying riddle, it should be Tom Cruise riddle me that Batman it should be Tom Cruise it should be Tom Cruise I you bet I would have gone to see Fantastic Beasts and where to find them if I if I knew that Colin Farrell turned into Tom Cruise at the end of that movie. Would also, you bet I would have seen that in theaters. Would also have accepted Colin Farrell just being. Colin I also Farrell. would have accepted Colin Farrell just being Grindelwald. Yeah, that um, would have been less distracting and weird. Anyways. Have we gone ahead and talked about... I, I believe I mentioned... I, I did not time it right because I, I was kind We've of estimating this. when I thought the uh, Fallout would be out on Blu-ray. And I think we're off by, by like a month. Uh-huh. So we're going to try and fill it in with some, some of our movies that have, have come on our backlog, I guess. I'm not looking forward to that. So, well, what do we got? We got Solo. We got Jurassic World. And now we got Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I think for the most part that fills up the time that we need. We might have like a week off or something, or we might right. do some some weird special or something. Mission Impossible know. Fallout comes out October, October, December fourth. Sorry, it's apparently yes. So 
And I don't, I don't, I, I know, like, it comes out a couple of weeks or, or, like, a week in advance on, like, digital, but I don't get digital, yeah, I yeah. get the physical copy, so. You're out of luck, kids! Mm-hmm. We'll figure something out. Maybe we'll start Twilight. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Twilight. That would be something where we'd almost want to do commentary tracks for that, as opposed to just... It's a lot of commentary tracks, though. As opposed to actually watching the films and then spending extra time talking about them afterwards? <laughs> Think about the time commitment. Maybe. Maybe. You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're also on iTunes and on YouTube if you just search for our name there. And you should find us if you're not terrible at internet searching. I have been very slow to update the YouTube channel. I believe I'm still stuck in like the middle of phase two of the MCU what have you right done? now. No, life came a call and it said, hey, give me all your time. And I said, do I have a choice? And it said, what do you think? And I said, oh, okay, Here, here's my time. Let's check in our email. Got and that a, was the end of the story. Got an email from Twitter that says they'd like to hear their thoughts about our Twitter experience. Well, why don't you get us some more followers and then we'll, uh, we'll talk. How often do you post there? I've started posting the episodes there. Tyler is our social media guru, by the way. <laughs> Is that what I am? Oh, God. I'm so sorry. He's He's got a little badge that he likes pinning on his shirt that says that. I don't know where he got it. I didn't make it for him. But he's got it. Social media guru. It says social media guru. It's disciple of Xenu. <laughs> and then he's just got Tom Cruise, his little <laughs> weird smile on there. That's accurate. Agreed. All right, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. That's right. The most awesome movie about Spectre that's not actually about Spectre. Also correct. (laughs) No, that's Mission Impossible Fallout, Tyler. (laughs) Uh, Art is subjective. Nothing is real. Thank you very much. Have a lovely evening.